0: Welcome to another episode of Scarlet Jimmy's 49ers just beat the Rams 20 to 7 so this is episode 5 and 0. I'm joined by Rich Madrid. Rich what's going on there?
1: Uh, Not much man how are you?
0: Doing well that was that was probably the most enjoyable game for me no doubt. I watched the game at a bar in Tempe, Arizona full of 49ers fans and It was pretty crazy, man. People are just high-fiving each other, chants after first downs. It was pretty entertaining. And the 49ers gave plenty to cheer about. So we're going to get into the game a little bit, just talk about some of the things that we liked. So one thing we did not like, obviously, was the Rams' opening drive. Marched down the 49ers, down the field, seven plays, all runs, touchdown. What were your initial thoughts after that? Did you think that – oh, the Rams are going to have their way with the 49ers defense? Or did you think that, you know, I don't know. What what did you think? You tell me.
1: Yeah, I thought they were going to have their way with them. I thought the Rams having an extra few days to prepare, plus the 49ers coming off of a short week. I just thought, well, this is about how I think we all expected it could go. And it started off that way um, with just a little bit of a sinking feeling. So I'm glad that quickly turned around. But I'm not going to lie. I thought I thought that opening drive was the statement drive for the Rams. And I thought, well, this is where they turn their season around, probably.
0: I definitely thought that we would see a more desperate team today from the home team, that is. I thought that there would just be more wrinkles. Yeah, like you mentioned, when you have 10 days to prepare for an opponent, you would think, especially with a guy like Sean McVay, that he would come out swinging and come out with more something – better than Jared Goff because, man, he was not good today. Jared Goff finished the game with 78 passing yards. He was 13 for 24, no touchdowns, no interceptions, was sacked four times, quarterback rating of 60. And, yeah, he just – it seemed like McVay wanted nothing to do with having the ball in the air. When what I thought – and this was – my brain works in really weird ways. I actually bet the 49ers after – the Rams scored because whenever I see an opening drive and I know that they had plenty of success on the ground, but when you don't drop back to pass, that just, that screams something to me, man. And I, I didn't think that golf, that McVay had confidence in golf. And that's what we saw throughout the game. So let's, uh, let's talk about golf a little bit, man. Is uh what were your takeaways from him this game?
1: That game for him just confirmed everything I've ever thought about him. I have not, I've never been a big fan of his. Um, I just didn't, I didn't like him coming out of the draft that high and I got pretty much, I've been pretty much dragged for having those thoughts about him for two years now, since he, you know, since McVay's taken over. But this is one of those games where it's just like, it's staring at you right in the face. If you're a Rams fan, I mean, what? Do you, when are you going to admit that this guy is probably not the answer? Um, I just didn't think he played that well. And I knew that if they got pressure on him, that he wasn't going to play well because anytime a team gets pressure on him, he never plays well. So they did exactly what I thought they would do and and put him under pressure when he did pass and it didn't turn out well. I mean, I think by the fourth quarter, you know, he had seven completions of 10 pass attempts and I think he finished the day with, uh, what did he finish with? 13, 13 of 24, but still under a hundred yards. He was sacked four times. He, we didn't, you know, he didn't turn the ball over at least not an interception, but, they, they didn't need to get – they didn't need to force him into interceptions because everything he was throwing was either ducks or hitting the ground, you know, five yards in front of the receiver. So it's just – it was a vintage Jared Goff game for me. I just don't think he's ever looked that good, and today he didn't.
0: There's no reason for us to beat around the bush here. He's terrible. I feel – I feel like McVay – is starting to see that because there's just nothing that he could do. Usually McVay will scheme his guys open, scheme his receivers open. And I don't know if it had a lot to do with the offensive line, but man, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, all afterthoughts today. Cooks had 18 yards receiving. Cup had 17 yards receiving. Goff averaged 3.3 yards per attempt. That, that is tough to do, man. And he just – he seemed spooked. He seemed scared. He seemed rattled in the pocket he had. He was just throwing fadeaways. He was missing low. Just wasn't really confident in his throws. And once the 49ers went up, that 10-point lead, 17-7, to it seemed like a 30-point lead. And, man, the the speed on the 49ers' defense is just unreal, man. They can eliminate mistakes – and they can force you into mistakes. And that's what we saw a lot of golf. And even on those the back-to-back plays from the, when Jimmy Ward got those plays on third and fourth down, like you can put your safety on the other team's best receiver, that's cup, and trust him to make plays, man. That just says a lot about just what the 49ers are throwing on the field. And I would actually credit the second the second level of the defense. And that's something we were talking about a little, a little bit off the air here, just – The difference between Quan Alexander, Fred Warner this year compared to Fred Warner last year and Elijah Lee or whoever they were throwing out there, just night and day, man. Quan is aggressive, like reckless, but in a good way where he's just taking guys out or making the running back cut back and Warner's playing fast and Jaquiski Tart. he is playing like a top five safety and I feel very confident in that. He do- he doesn't have the flashy plays. He's not going to have the interceptions, the pass breakups, but man, he will fill his run, fit his run. He will take on a blocker, make a tackle. Just so many little things that he does that allows the 49ers to be this versatile. Man, he is he's very impressive. What um who's the most impressive player in the defense for you today?
1: Wow, where do you start? Um, I think probably up front, I would go with Eric Armstead. I thought played really well up front. He had that fumble recovery to open the second half. And then another guy that pro- didn't end up on the stat sheet that w- that much, but was uh, probably Nick Bosa. I and mean, he pushed that right tackle or that, sorry, that left tackle around a lot. I mean, he just just bull rushed him into the backfield several times. And then D Ford, um, he'd be another one that, uh, I would pick there. I believe he had two sacks as well. So, Yeah, Ford had the, the strip sack,
0: which, man, I love. That, that. That's a sign of a really good pass rusher when they get close, and they're not thinking about the quarterback. They're thinking about getting that ball out. If I were to tell you Eric Armstead has outplayed DeForest Buckner this year, what would you say?
1: I believe it. I think Buckner's drawing a lot of attention, especially from interior offensive lines, but you can see what it's doing for everybody else up front. And there was a play that I covered in my film room article this weekend about that, where Buckner draws two or two blockers. And then in comes Fred Warner, who draws a third offensive lineman. So you've basically got from guard center to guard, all blocking, just two guys. And then that's when Quan Alexander comes in and blows up. I think it was Nick Chubb and they get the, like the 10 yard sack on, on Mayfield. So they're, there's a lot of that going on, I think. It, I'm not concerned about it because I think they're doing exactly what they thought teams would do to Buckner, uh, just given you know the, the way he's played the last couple of years. So good for them that they're able to scheme around that. And I, I think Sala knows. I think he's a really smart guy. And it's really showed this year what he can do with you know even marginal players in some spots. Um, but that defensive line has just been a nightmare for other teams and you can see the way they scheme around it.
0: Absolutely, man. It's so I feel like this game more than any of the other past games that Salah blitzed more than he usually does. And and I I wish I had the numbers in front of me, but when they blitz, when they walk down Warner or Alexander or K1 Williams, who's actually a pretty good blitzer or one of the safeties, it just gives everybody a one-on-one. And somebody wins. Like, that's just period. Somebody is going to win, whether that's Buckner, whether that's Armstead, whether that's one of the edge guys. And it just puts so much stress on the offense, and and they just can't hold up. They, they haven't been able to hold up all season. So, yeah, the, what this front seven is legit. But the back seven, like when you see the routes that they take away, when you see them playing together as a unit, it's, man, this defense is something serious. I will say that.
1: Yeah, you can really see a lot of the Wade Phillips influence in the secondary with some of the things they're doing this season. And that's credit to Joe Woods because he co- coached under that system in Denver with Wade Phillips before he took over as a defensive coordinator there. And then, you know, San Francisco brings him in to do the passing game stuff for the defense. And it's really made a huge difference. So I think. There's no. There- yeah, go. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say there's no doubt about it that Woods makes is making a big difference. We're seeing a lot more quarters. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. They're running a lot more cover 4 this year than they have in years past. In in years past, I feel like you know, whenever whenever a team would run trips against this style of defense, they could just have their way with you. And 49ers aren't just spot dropping and playing cover 3. They're they're running these quarters and have these checks where they still have the numbers advantage and you can do that when you have four really good pass rushers. So it it's it's been a perfect marriage for sure. Yeah, I agree. Let's talk about Dante Pettis because you know, he he's been quiet he has has been inconsistent he has not been consistent this season but he had a, a few big catches today he finished the game with three catches on six targets 45 yards uh, had a long 21 yarder there i feel like each of those catches went for a first down but he had one in the back of the end zone where he just jumped out of the gym almost came down with it play before that he actually did go up and get it again he's a really good athlete um, he had one against Marcus Peters where he ran out route, really nice route as well. Kind of broke Peters off there and created separation underneath. He, I don't know how you find ways to get him the ball more. Whether that is down the seam, whether that is on quick routes, but man, Pettis is good. What would you see from Pettis today?
1: What we've always thought he could be, and that was uh, he finally had that game today. Even though he didn't get in the end zone, and he could have, you know, he could have easily had two scores if had hit Just broken, you know, maybe a a foot the other way for him because he had the long nineteen yard catch where he broke a couple of tackles and got inside the five. I believe it was. I'm looking at it right now. But he makes a couple of good moves, and then he had that one, like you were saying, in the back of the end zone. And he's, you know, he's just a couple inches away from getting that second foot down, and that would have easily been a touchdown. But that's that's what we always thought he could be and what he should be at this point. And it's just unfortunate that you know, they're not able to get him the ball more, but I I do think that that is partly the last couple of weeks have been um, not as pass dependent as you'd like him to be just because of the pass rushes they've been facing. You know, you had Miles Garrett last week and then Aaron Donald this week, and it's understandable that they would kind of rely more on the short passing game. And Pettis is more of an intermediate receiver, unless you can find a way to get him a ball in space, but on a short route or something, but, He is a guy that can laterally and vertically stretch the intermediate area of the field. And if you can't get him the ball in those spaces, then he's not going to be quite as productive because they're just not able to get him the ball on the short, you know, five-yard throws like they can for Brita or somebody. But I think that'll change once they start seeing, you know, not as good of a pass rush from some teams. Like we've got the Redskins coming up who, you know— aren't aren't very good, so no, do not I, I would I would look to yes. see I would I would hope that they could get pedal more or pedal Pettis more involved, and you know see if they can maybe force him the ball here and there and get him some chunk yardage on some big plays. But it, it makes sense the last couple of weeks. You know, it seemed like it was going to happen after the Steelers game, but then you realize, well, they're going to probably try to get the ball out of Garoppolo's hands quicker, so it might not happen right away.
0: Yeah, and we saw. So six targets for Pettis. We saw eight targets for George Kittle. By the way, I do like that they're going to Pettis in the red zone. I feel like he can be a reliable threat down there. Who who else is a reliable threat at any point in the field? George Kittle, eight targets, eight catches, 103 yards, had a long 45-yarder where he lined up at fullback and just ran a little flag route. Really nice design by Shanahan, got him wide open. Broke 17 tackles, give or take. And that guy, man, he – old reliable is the best way to put it. I, I actually would prefer Kittle being a down to down target where, you know, he's going to get the ball in third and six. doesn't matter. He's still going like he's running routes two yards before the sticks, breaks, tackles, gets a first down. And that is a sign of a true superstar. When everyone in the stadium knows he's going to get it, stop him before the sticks, but he just wills his way for a first down. I, uh, t- you tell me what you saw from Kittle there. How how talk to me about Kittle's performance?
1: I think I believe he averaged over ten yards a catch, and every time I saw him catching the pass, it was at least for an eleven or twelve yard gain, except for the big one. They just they had no answer for him coming out of the backfield. I think they put what's his name, DJ Reader on him. And he you can't you can't cover Kittle with a linebacker. I mean, you can't even really cover him with a with a corner or a safety half the time, but that was a really nice design, and I wish I could have the all twenty two. But it looked like he just ran, like you said, that flag route where – and I think Goodwin was running the clear out, and it just opened up all that space on the side. It was almost like a uh, modified sale concept. And he was just wide open on the linebacker. Yep. And then it took four guys to bring him down there at the end. And it seems like he has a play like that every game. Seriously. Like
0: it seems like there's a play where guys are just dragging – trying to bring him down, and he's like, nope, stiff arm, stiff arm, breaks tackle, runs through a tackle, first down. He is a joy, man. He's a joy to watch. And we haven't even gotten to, I'm sure, that there are four or five plays this game where Kittle just wrecks somebody in the running game. So the 49ers, actually, they didn't run the ball very well today. They 41 rushes, 99 yards, only 2.4 yards per carry. But it was enough, and I think the game plan was to make this a very slow game. Didn't want to turn this into a track meet and I'm not a big time of possession fan, but they kept the ball in the Rams hands. It was time of possession was 38 minutes in favor of the 49ers to 21 minutes in favor of the, the Rams. So just looking at some other numbers, uh, one that clearly won the game for the 49ers, the Rams were for everything on third and fourth down. So, I believe they were 0 for 13 total. Um, Yep, so 0 for 9 on third down, 0 for 4 on fourth down, whereas the 49ers were 8 for 17 on third down and 1 for 1 on uh, fourth down. So just, man, they just shut them down. 3.3 yards per play on offense for a Sean McVay called offense. That is amazing. And they were not missing their right tackle. They were not missing their – Fullback who, it's not like your other your everyday fullback, but, man, it was – the defense, man, just goes back to them. Good players on every level, and they're executing at a high, high level, not making mistakes, and that is how we got to a 22-7 win. Who is your player of the game?
1: I'm actually going to go overall, I'm going to go George Kittle.
0: I feel like that's fair. Yeah, man. He just – he Yeah. And they need a play. They they have somebody to it's go just, to, and that matters. The Rams needed a play, and they didn't have anybody to go to, or at least they didn't have anybody that could open. Yeah. You could put whoever you want to on just. Double. It doesn't matter. It
1: doesn't and matter. it's just – at this point, what can you really do? Because last season he was their go-to guy, and teams still couldn't take him away. This year he's – this game he was their go-to guy receiving. He had the most targets, the most catches, the most yards. And they had no answer for anything that they did with him. So I think finally he's getting the the recognition of being the best tight end in the league over even someone like Travis Kelsey right now. And I think it's well deserved. So I'm giving him the game ball. It's just unfortunate that after he had that big forty five yard reception that they couldn't punch it in because Garoppolo made or he had a you know, one of several brain farts today on that play, but <laughs>
0: um. he was so grappled let's talk about jimmy g so he's 24 of 33 243 yards no touchdowns did have an interception let's talk about that interception play because so I don't, they, I don't know they got very cute way too cute it was a combination of motion fake a screen and debo ran a fade is that what that was or i don't know what the route combination i don't was. know what it
1: no, no idea what they were doing. They, they should have just ran the ball. Yeah. Right there. They probably would have gotten yeah. it. Um, so
0: that, the play was eventually uh, an underthrown fade to Debo. No, everybody has an opinion on this. There's no way for us to know it unless we ask Shanahan, what do you think happened on the play? How would you describe
1: it? It's just – I don't know if – I think he was going to Kittle, honestly. I, I don't think Debo was supposed to carry it upfield that far because he took Peters right into it. And I think he was looking for just a one-on-one out there with, with Kittle at, at the sideline. But...
0: That actually makes a lot of sense because it was like a smash concept, in a sense, where you're running a screen, pump the screen, hopefully you, know, you get Peters to jump up, and that just gives you plenty of space... For a corner route in Kittle and Peters, who never watches the receiver, he's always watching the quarterback, just playing Jimmy G's eyes. Samuel takes, takes it,
1: yeah, Peters right into and, it. Yep, he,
0: he takes him into the corner or into Kittle's route, and there is an interception. So, uh, again, 49ers were able to stand, the defense was able to hold. I, but, man, yeah, some of these mistakes, man, the the one to Tevin Coleman, how about that one? Was that. Because that was the drop, no doubt about it, but the the ball was on the right shoulder, or the correct shoulder, I guess is the right way to put it.
1: Um, I'm sure Coleman got yelled at for that, because he probably should have taken it more upfield, and I think Garoppolo was expecting him to. But at the same time, he's wide open, you just need to throw it to where he's at. So, I thought that was more on Garoppolo than it was on Coleman, even though, yeah, Coleman probably should have caught it, but he made it a little more difficult than it should have been.
0: Nobody no. within like 10 yards of him yeah. on the one yard line, which is very and rare. Yeah,
1: they, uh, yeah, it's just like I can saying I don't, I just hate throwing to if running I, backs like that because quarterbacks can't, yeah. I mean, quarterbacks cannot complete especially that pass, down there. the majority of them, it seems like.
0: We see it every week. Yeah, it's, it's pretty frustrating, I'm sure, for fans to watch that and see. A, a layup, just a, a gimme, and fall incomplete on that. But again, they were able to, they were able to get out of there and get points. But still, those, those, you want those to be touchdowns. The game was twenty to seven, but it felt like at halftime it could have been twenty eight easily. And you know, for um, they, they weren't able to punch those in later in the game either. Still. 20-7, man, not really much to complain about there. So coming into this game, if I told you the 49ers, 2.4 yards per run, we had those two drops or those two goal line hiccups, we'll call them, and the 49ers still won by 13 points. There's no way that you would believe me. But here we are, 5-0, and just – is every game going to be a blowout? Like, what is going on here?
1: Because I know it tw- – Well, I think, we can, I think we can relax for the next at least week. Yeah, well, they're going to beat the brakes off Washington. And if
0: they come to play, Washington cannot hold a candle to this team. But – so I say blowout, 20-7. to It might not no. seem like a blowout, but this game was not close. And there was no – once just once the 49ers got the lead – the defense smelled blood, and that was like all she wrote. Once, once Jared Goff had to throw the ball more than once on a drive, yeah. that was all she wrote for this game. So, yeah, what? Just a great, great game plan by both Sala and Shanahan. Shanahan did this without McGlinchey, without Yuzjak, and the the offense was moving the ball up and down at will against a Wade Phillips defense who they haven't been great this year, and they are down key players as well. But you have to adjust, and you had ample time to prepare, whereas 49ers, short week, um, short week to prepare without key players, and they really didn't miss a beat. I mean, sure, their their offensive numbers, the rushing yard, the rushing numbers aren't going to look as good as they have, but, I mean, they just found a way to offset that by short passes, whereas you're just turning a ball and handing off. So really good game by Shanahan. Asala, let's talk about him before we get out of here. So was were you able to – can you recognize what adjustment the defense made after the first drive? Because the first drive was, I believe, what, like 50-some yards? I know they went seven plays. And the, the Rams, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but – I mean, they had their way on the first drive. Seven plays, marched down the field, run, 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 run. And then that was it. Uh, Malcolm Brown finished the game with 40 yards. He averaged 3.6 yards a carry. Darrell Henderson had 39 yards, but 22 came on one play. I mean, you just go up and down the box score. There was nothing doing And to me, it was made like slight adjustments, but he didn't do like we talked about, like you wrote about the tilt front, which is essentially covering up every gap. You have six guys up front. You have one guy that's behind, essentially behind the center. He's just going to scrape and just chase and run. I don't think we saw that. I think we may have saw that on one play on the first drive, but it was a lot of my guys better than yours. You can't block me and I'm going to count on them to make a play. And that's what happened. What did you see?
1: Yeah, just initially it looks like they were really overplaying the strong side on that first drive. I don't know. I didn't watch a a lot of the Rams before this game, but they do have a tendency to run a lot to that side, especially into the, the trips that they normally line up over there. And it looked like the Rams on the first drive were just content to cut off that strong side, you know, back to the weak side. So basically sticking with the inside or mid zone there, um, because they're not really a, That's kind of the misconception is they're another outside zone team, but their big thing is the mid zone, which really hits inside between the guard and the tackle. And that's where they were cutting off of on that first drive. So, and it looked like on the second drive and after that, that they were, Kind of evenly spreading themselves out across the box instead of shading over to the strong side, and that I think that made a difference. Plus, on the Rams, if you get penetration on the on the zone runs by anybody, it doesn't matter where they're going; you are going to blow the play up at some point. And there were quite a few plays later on where they were at least somebody Armstead or or somebody was getting in the backfield and just completely taking away the running lane because so much of the zone running is predicated on where. The cut lanes are and once you get somebody in the backfield you take one away and you just end up spilling him into the rest of the defense coming down from whatever whatever side they're coming from and that's just initially that's what I think happened um can't wait to get the all 22 to see if I was right about that but just and some of the end zone shots that they showed during the game it looked like that that might be the case
0: yeah that and that's a good point about mid zone which by the way very good play Mid-zone, greater sign, inside zone, but that's a whole other um, argument. <laughs> so, yep, here we are, 5-0. and uh, Not much to talk about besides that. After what we just talked about, you guys, uh, just a dominant performance, man. To, to put it into perspective, so Richard Sherman went out for a few plays. He got injured. Dante Johnson was on the field, and you had no idea. I, that. That's how <laughs>
1: oh That's my how God. good this defense is. Yeah, was. I thought. I was like, oh, great. Here they're going to at least score and make it at least a one-score game, and then it didn't happen, and I was like, oh. okay, okay, here we go.
0: There's no yeah. doubt about it. Everybody everybody watching the game, Dante Johnson, oh, you know what that means. Nope, nothing doing. I, I don't even know if they moved the ball when he was in there. And Emmanuel Mosley continues to play well. He played very, very, very well. Last game, He, I, I almost made a, a clip of all his – just coverages when he was going against OBJ because if you had no idea he was an undrafted free agent, you, man, you would have thought that Mosey was a very good player.
1: Just another gem, just another
0: absolute gem. They found he can, he is aggressive. He is fast, which matters. Like he can run, but he's just confident. I think he, he can on these third downs where a lot of teams run routes at the sticks. He is confident enough in his athleticism where he can sit at six yards. And this is what he did against OBJ, who's, who ran like a low 4-4, but probably plays faster than that. He's just sitting on the sticks and just trusting himself and his technique, man. I don't know if he learned that from Sherman or Witherspoon, but I feel like that is the answer moving forward. And K-1 will be out of there after this year. But, man, every every player on the defense you can we can probably have just talk about, man, they are – what a unit. It's a very good unit. And they're carrying the offense, but the offense is making timely plays as well. And they are playing complementary football, and that's why they're, the 49ers are 5-0. and And it doesn't appear that that is going to stop any time soon. So, Rich, where can we find
1: you on Twitter? You can find me at RichJMadrid on Twitter. You can find me at KP
0: underscore show. We are going to be, we're going to continue to be obnoxious on Niners nation until the 49ers (laughs) lose, because for whatever reason, they're just not, they're just not getting respect. And I know that they only won four games last season. And I know that it hasn't been great the last couple of seasons, but this is a brand new season. And if you watch the other NFC teams play, and you watch the 49ers play. There is a clear difference in just on both sides of the ball, whether it's talent, coaching, execution. And, yeah, this team's legit, man. And I don't think we have to – there's there's no reason to pretend that they're not. And the media is going to find out soon enough. So that will do it for us. 49ers, 5-0, and big win. Have I believe they have a – is it a two or is it a one-game lead? Or oh, I think it's a one-game lead over the Seahawks. Who, damn it, Baker. Yeah, what a disaster that was. Could have had a two-game lead going in. But that's fine. 49ers will take care of the, the Seahawks when the time comes. Thanks for listening, guys. We will get out of here. Go enjoy your Sunday if you're listening to this. Enjoy your work. On, or enjoy this on the, the ride to work, guys. We are out of here. Take care.